Hop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast. The only thing she forgot to say was Happy Halloween. Welcome to the Halloween episode of Pop Talking Aliens. I can't say that word without saying it like that. Halloween. Try to stop. But I do want to remind you that uh, I am William Clare. This is Pop Talking Aliens. This is a podcast. This is a Halloween episode. We're going to have Charles Crabtree. We're going to talk about Halloween things. And I want to remind you that Pop Talking Aliens is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free trial of Audible for 30 days. And you can listen to an uh, audiobook on the house. Listen to one of their audiobooks for free by going to this special link, which is audibletrial.com slash poptalkinaliens. That's audibletrial.com slash poptalkinaliens. Follow us on Instagram at poptalkinaliens. And uh, yeah, that's about it for the business. Let's get down to the Halloween. As I now invite from the uh, hallowed halls of hell, Charles Crabtree. Hello, Bill. Oh, hello, and welcome. I hope you don't mind. I've brought a few friends. I have a friend here myself. Got something to say to you, Bill. Hi. Look, yeah, 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 that's good stuff. I like that he moves in a, like, a circular fashion. It's really... It's like, what's the creepiest thing for a thing to do? And I actually thought, I've seen you that before, and I thought you were moving it that way on your own. But you are actually... Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It does that. I have a friend. Designed that way. The, the great yeah. Michael Myers. Captain Kirk. Yep. Although this that looks particular... Altered. That's not the original version, right? So, like, the original one was just Captain Kirk inside out, but that does not look like Captain Kirk anymore. No, they've they've certainly perfected it over the years. This this one, I mean, whatever that cost in nineteen seventy-eight or whatever it was to buy a Captain Kirk mask, this thing's probably like thirty times more expensive. Yeah. Than that. Yeah, like just this. This alone. No, I mean, I'm in pretty low light. Does my head just look like a floating pumpkin? Like a jack-o'-lantern? Uh no, there's it's black and then it's black in the background, and then my big giant face and head. Well, I mean, when you move closer, there's more head, but the background is is uh, present at all times. Okay. Very well set up. All right. Maybe I'll loosen this thing up a little bit. There we go. All right. All right. How you doing, buddy? You ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let me tell you something real quick, Charlie, just about Michael Myers. Who started I've here. never been ready for one of your pod. Is there getting ready? Is that a thing? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Just a, making sure I, I wasn't blowing it. I don't think there's ever been a live getting ready section, but uh, nah, yeah. there's, been, there's been preparation. Let me let me tell you this uh, about Michael Myers here. Um, mm. If you are ever pursued by Michael Myers, make sure that you do not run at full speed. <laughs> do not run away from him full speed in a, in a line uh, towards open spaces. What you must do is run at a brisk jogging pace, uh, lumbering, and be sure to turn around every few seconds to see if he's still, in fact, behind you. 
Yeah, increasing. I was going to ask, how many times do you need to turn per amount of steps or per 100 feet? How many times should you turn back? Probably three, I'd say. Three times. Three per 100 feet? Per 100 feet? That's why yeah. everybody dies in those movies. They do yeah. it a lot. If you think about like 90 feet is the first base on a baseball field, right? So if you're running like just a little bit further than that, you get to turn two or three times in that time. And okay. Again, you know, in, in sort of an, in a wobbly motion to increase your chances for tripping. <laughs> because uh, Michael Myers, as, as we know, never runs. He just walks a very, very uh, deliberate, very specific, very particular speed, which is not yeah. slow. It's not slow, but it's also, uh, he's not going yeah, to medium. outrun you. No, he doesn't even jog, dude. No, but if you, if you make sure. Walk, that's it. If you, you make sure to run. do all the things I just said, you, you will die from him. And so it's important that you do those things. If you, as long as you don't trip. If you, if you trip, you die. It doesn't matter if you sprint for like a mile and he's walking and you trip. And then every time someone trips, like they look at their knee and they examine their ankle and they take a long time to roll over and like, ah, right. ah, right. ah and then you die. It does not matter. You could have sprinted for five hours straight, and he's brisk walking. If you trip and dick around for like 20 seconds, you die. Yeah. Also, if you take a slight left or right, so you're running through trees, you're running in a straight line for a long time, he's nowhere behind you because you check three times per 100 feet, and then you take a quick right turn and you take five steps, he's behind the next tree. That's right. That's right. You have to go straight. <laughs> yes, you, ha you and you do have to check behind you because you're right. You can make a hard left or a hard right, and then all of a sudden he's he's found some shortcut, and he you has know what though cut you if off you think, at the pass. If you think about it, like Jason will will pop out right, and then someone will sprint away. They're running, and they run for a long time just looking forward, and then they look back once. And then the next 100 feet, they look back twice. And then the next 100 feet, they look back three times. And the next 100 feet, they look back four times, and that's the time they trip. And then they examine their sprained ankle or laying on the ground, stretching it out. And like, oh. And then they get their, like a blade in their chest. Yep. Also, when, when you trip, uh, if he catches up to you and you're on the ground, slither away slowly while maintaining eye contact with him or you know as close as eye contact no you can just get up and run again it's... no 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 you have to slither you have to slither backwards in, uh and you know in a cry and also be crying screaming up and, against a tree yeah until you until you run up against a wall or a tree or something like yeah. that and now, and now you're really fucked you know don't just get up and don't get up and run even Your if it's a mild sprain your near ankle could be so broken or sprained that you could just hop on one foot and get away from it. That's <laughs> true. You Nobody really ever does that. You never see someone like hop on one foot and like he wouldn't catch you. That's <laughs> very true. You really could outrun Michael Myers by hopping on one foot. <laughs> yeah. But then like somehow he kills everyone. So I don't know. It works. Well, it's just, you know, like I said, it's all those things uh, apparently come to mind to people when being pursued by him. I keep looking at myself and it looks like the cover of that Queen album, you know, and it's just their faces. And Well, the further you stick your face in, 
you know, the more that's going to happen. Now you just look like a face in uh, complete darkness. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Those of you listening, uh, Charlie's in front of a ghoulish graveyard of sorts <laughs> and, uh, you know, concerned that he doesn't right. completely overwhelm the camera with his face. Uh, but he's not, he's not. I assure you listeners, he's not. And I am, uh, I'm surrounded by Michael Myers mask and pumpkins and uh, festive Halloween lighting, things like that. So now you have a mental picture in your head and we will uh, continue. Charlie, just one more thing about the Halloweens, the movies, the Michael Myers. Uh, as you know, we talked about this at length the last episode. Uh, they, you know, they made the, a new Halloween movie in 2018 with Jamie Lee Curtis again and written by Danny McBride and some other people. And it retconned every sequel from everything from the first one. And it was just, so it's just, it's Halloween from 1978 and then it's Halloween from 2018 and there's no in between, which I liked because I liked the way that the, they made the story change that way instead of having him be her brother and, and and like he's cursed by all these demons and all. get rid of all that shit they pay tribute to it to to, to an extent within the movie you know they, they make little comments about it but it cuts that out but now i hear they are making two sequels now to that which will be halloween kills and then halloween ends and and i, I don't like, i don't like that idea but what I, do you i'm just gonna no, I disagree with the whole thing. Like, okay. part of the legacy of horror films is if one makes like $10 over budget, there's going to be 30 more. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a, a smash hit. If they make any money at all, then they make more. So that, that's part of the genre, right? Like that one's going to be good. They're going to get progressively worse until they're comical. And then instead of scary, they're funny and they're funny for the right reasons. And you watch all those movies too, knowing that they're going to be a shit show. So like, that's just, that's just part of like the, the horror movie legacy to come back and like, you know, retcon them or whatever the fuck you want to call that. And like erase all the movies that we're after and try to like maintain some kind of artistic integrity is stupid. (laughs) All right. It's like, it's a fucking horror movie with a guy in a mask that walks up the street in a brisk pace and cuts people up for no reason, or maybe there's a reason, or maybe it was his mom, or maybe it was his sister, but then it wasn't, and it was, who fucking cares? That's not, you're not going to see a horror movie for some kind of artistic integrity. It's dumb. Well, true. So it, 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 it just, it reeks a little bit of just like, you know, I don't know, just being, you know, self-important and like, we're gonna set the record straight. <laughs> Only these movies should have counted. These are classics, but the ones after weren't. But I mean, come on, man. They're slasher movies. Well, and the thing, the thing is, like, for someone like me who, who appreciates it, and I can certainly understand why you, the way you feel about it, but for someone like me who thinks that that was a good idea, it's like they're, they're, they're just going to piss all over it again by making two more. Like, what's going to happen well, in these well, right. And then they did the same thing. And then someone's going to, like, say, no, his first movie was good, but the next two weren't. So now we're going to write a plot where the first two from the – first series is good the first one from the next one was good but then now our next one and then we're just gonna choose yeah like this is like jumping in like wormhole after worm like fuck come on (laughs) they'll be they'll release a box set of like the selected actual story of michael myers it'll be like one 
Season of the Witch counts. Season of the Witch will always count because that has nothing to do with Michael Myers. So Halloween three, Halloween three always counts. So you be like Halloween, Halloween three, Halloween again, 2018, and then they'll skip Halloween Kills because that one wasn't very good. But then they'll have Halloween Ends, and then they'll have another one that explains why Halloween Kills didn't happen. But that one won't be good. So they'll just put the Rob Zombie one at the end. But then also uh, Jason in Space, that one, for some random reason, like counts too. What, weren't they in space at one point? Jason did go to space at one point, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I, I don't, I didn't see Jason didn't versus see Freddy that. in space, or was it? I don't know. You know what, though? Those movies are sometimes more fun than like the, the Grizzly first one, just because they're so batshit crazy stupid. That, yes. They, 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 there's some layer of entertainment to, to like how outrageous they can get this premise. Well, I think uh, like Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, which I believe has Paul Rudd in it. That one I appreciate because of it's almost it's borderline Jason in space. It's like Michael Myers is being communicated with. Like the reason he can't die, if I remember, it's been, I haven't. I, I watch pieces of him every year, but I think it's like Michael Myers can't die because there's like spirits, like 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 helping him. That's what that's why he never dies, right? That's how they explain that. It's in that movie, and, and it's cra- It's ridiculous. It's crazy. There's all these like, uh, yeah. There's like demons and stuff that show up to like help him out so yeah i mean you i i understand you could just leave that ridiculousness in the uh, in the canon and never mind retconning everything one thing they that they if they should what they, they they killed jamie lee curtis in one of the movies because she came back to do this reboot thing before already like this has already been tried right to an yeah. extent she came back for this halloween h2o and then she came back for a sequel to that which at this point was like Halloween 8. And uh, she died in that one, which is why then they have to go, like if they're gonna make another one with her, they have to, they decided to retcon everything. When really they could have just had her come back to life because of the spirits too. They didn't need to have all that stuff. I mean, they didn't need to get rid of all that, that, that lore. Yeah. I, but I, I guess like I'm it. not. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're to a different level than I am of it. Um, I don't want to have to think like it's part of the reason why you like to watch those movies. Right? I don't want to think too much. Now I got to like tie timelines together and this one counts, but this one doesn't. And like all of a sudden I'm doing math and I'm just trying to fucking, you know, watch a horror movie. Well, it makes it actually makes it easier for you because you don't have to think about it anymore. They're all gone. You just have to remember the first one, but I, I get it. I get it. It's, I understand. I don't know. The weirder the horror movies get, you know, how many, I mean, wasn't there Jason, there's, there was Jason versus Freddy, right? They were fighting. Yeah, yeah I saw that one. That was a long time ago, but I saw it. I they were like throwing there. wrecking balls at each other and stuff. They found a way to make it a tie, but Jason kind of wins. <laughs> be, I, think, I think that out there, because like, you can't have one from like each like very successful franchise, like one be definitively stronger than the other right so yes. i think somehow jason wins but because freddie is the fucking dream monster then he can just come back when someone has the next dream or something it was like really like that loosely tied together where like he does kill him but then somehow you know they hint that well actually he's still alive because it's a dream 
or something. I think that that's true. If I remember right, yeah, it's like he does die, but then he doesn't die because he's not really from the physical realm to begin with. Uh, so, Charlie, one thing, one non-Halloween thing that, that I need to get out of the way, because yeah. on the last show, I did, I rated every Elton John album from worst to first, and you took issue with where I put the one, and I want to give you the, the opportunity to tell me what you were telling me in real life, but also because someone else said the same thing to me, and so maybe there's other people even, you know, beyond that, and they need a platform to tell me why I was wrong about rating the one, like uh, after the worst album, it was the first of the non-bad albums. Yes. So please, please speak for yourself and possibly be speaking for the people. I, I, I it, it was to the point that you rated it there that it actually hurt my feelings. Like I took it personally that the one was like twenty-two or twenty or something like that. Um, it didn't make any sense. It seemed like revisionist history because I remember that's like, that's that album was out when we met. That was kind of like even our bonding point over like music and stuff. And then we started playing together, like probably because of that. If there's no Elton John, the one, we probably never end up playing music together. Is that true? Well, that's, that would be from your end, right? Because I mean, you were in a punk band. And uh, yeah. I just had a and I would be like playing like at, at pizza parlor where one of the band members worked at and like, you know, kind of waiting for them to get off work. So we'd order a pizza and sit around and play uh, pinball the whole time. And then I would play the one on the jukebox like multiple times while we did, were there. Did, did the point, like, I'm sure that it annoyed the hell out of them. I'm supposed to be in like a punk rock band or something like that. So, but I love that song. I, it's one of my top, very, I don't even know. I mean, I can't, getting into rating top Elton John songs would be impossible for me, but it's one of the best ever. I even wore suits that looked like him from that era. And I think you were him as that era for Halloween one time. Like That's true. It was wore, also like that next generation of Elton John where you're like, there's no, like, how is he going to exist in the, um, like in the 90s, you know what I mean? Like, how is that going to be possible? It was his first big album out of sobriety, too. He was, uh, he became like, you know, relevant again. He had the George Michael thing, that duet, which really brought yeah, him Yeah, that was good. I, I really liked that, too. But yeah. he immediately piggybacked that with the one. Yeah. So that song was a hit, and then he put, like, he played with Guns N' Roses at the MTV Awards Yeah, dude, stuff. Like, yeah, that was like a whole thing of him reinventing himself and being, like, new a new kind of relevant again it's like it's if you if you go back in in the timeline of elton john there's probably certain albums that like mark him being able to now survive in this new musical space that that they're in at that time and that's definitely one of those albums that's like a, a foothold into that so like i i think i don't know i it's an important album. It is it, in, in the scope of his career. It is one of those albums like, um, uh, what was the other, what was, there was another big sort of like re, uh, songs from the West Coast, you know, sure. like yeah. that was a, like a, a marking point of like, okay, things are going to be different from now on. The one right. was, was definitely that. 
it's very important, yeah, hugely important to me, like subjectively taking out a, a lot of what I was trying to be more objective about. Like, yeah, I would, I like it better than some albums. It's, it was a difficult yeah, Peachtree Road ahead of it. Peachtree Road is a pile of dog shit. What the that, hell? Guilty as charged. Peachtree Road does not deserve to live above the one. No. That, that is absolutely true. I dropped the fucking ball on that one. And what were the next three albums after the one? You know, I, I, don't, know, I don't care if you don't remember or not. We but were it starting was like, to get into like Rock of the Westies and stuff like that at that point. All right. So it's hard. It's hard. It's just, it's just such a synth fest and, you know, no real drums. It's the only album of his that does not feature one single fucking drum like there's not even alone it should make me hate it i'm a drummer i know like but whatever it's some of like bernie's best uh songwriting like that whole album has a lot of good bernie it does have a lot of good i get some of the choices like of how they recorded it might not be as good and when they play them live obviously like they're better but like simple life is really good i don't know i i thought that was a pretty good album it's probably three or four really good songs on it the one by itself is a great 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 song probably a top 10 elton john song for me so and then personally but then also for him personally so like i felt like like there was none of that consideration in there i i'll say this at the very least i should have talked more about how important that album was even if i was going to say musically i don't rate it as high as these other ones uh, in terms of career-wise, in terms of importance, yeah, it's one of probably of like five of his top albums in, in terms of career effect. You know what? It, what and it, for it, our it, friendship, it, number one. Though. And for our friendship, num- the one. <laughs> and I got no fucking consideration. <sighs> I, it, it's it's hard to I don't I don't it, it's. It, very hard to rate the albums. Trying, I'm, I listen to them all. It's like I'm trying to be more objective about it, but then it gets into like, you know, at the end, subjectively, I put Tumbleweed as number one, even though like, is Tumbleweed his best album? Yes, it is. Goodbye yes. Yellow Brick Road. Here's the here's the counter argument though to, to the one argument. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is more important than Tumbleweed Connection to Elton John. Yes, right? that's yeah, that's true. Just like the one is more important than probably five or six albums rated ahead of it. But is Goodbye Olympic Road to me as good an album as Tumbleweed Connection? Uh, no, I, I would, if you had, if I had to take one or the other to a desert island, I'm taking Tumbleweed Connection. Regardless um, when is the last the time I made a top 10 list that stabbed you in the back? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying, dude. Anytime you, we, we could do an episode where you, where you do that. You could like, rate, yeah, you could rate rate Morrissey albums or something. And uh, top know, ten, top ten list of piano players that I know, and you're going to be like number ten. Well, that's know? probably it's right. Not like that level, <laughs> it's not, that I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that you know, <laughs> it's probably about right. <laughs> 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 oh okay you know what speaking of music charlie yeah uh i you are a master of playlists um uh-huh. i have said before that if, and this is really true charlie did the playlist for my wedding uh that actually happened it's hard to i did do that i forgot that that happened 
put together a playlist for my wedding. I mean, there were things that I said, I want this to be on it and stuff like that. But like, you know, you, you put in something and you, I remember you, you made, there was one big decision that you were like, no, 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 it should be this here. And it was like a sticking point. We had to have a discussion about it and you were right. And I remember there was another time we were, we were not too long ago, we were at a bachelor party on a houseboat and Bobby Chastain and I wanted to play you this song by Leo Sayer that we heard at a Morrissey concert, like before he comes on. Uh-huh. And it was this ridiculous song that starts with like circus music. And you like listening to it, you're like, I, I know what's coming after this. <laughs> Tom Waits, the Black Rider. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. And I, I've said, you know, before that if there were like, if there was like a mentality of playlists, TED Talk, it would be you giving it. So. <laughs> What is okay. the, what's on the list for Halloween this year? I have a few of the obvious ones that I know of. Okay, look. It, but let's, you take this. The problem with that type of playlist is that it, the intention is for it to be at a party, right? Right. So if it, if it was like my own personal playlist of what I would put on, like I wouldn't put 70% of them on there. You know Not what I'm Halloween saying? songs. Yeah, like so much of it is just having to like appeal to the lowest common denominator. So like the playlist I have on Spotify has got a lot of songs on it and some are direct Halloween and some aren't. But like you have to put Thriller on there. Mm -hmm. You have to put Ghostbusters, which is probably my least favorite song of all time. But like you have to put it on there. It was at one point when I was young probably my, one of my favorite songs of all time but like i can't hear that song again but my son loves it and makes little kids happy so like yeah you have to do stuff like that mm-hmm. um somebody's watching me oh that's a good one where we london look at that. time warp dead man's party like obviously we covered that at many of our halloween shows feed my frankenstein uh, Pet Cemetery, but then see the years of like being a young metalhead. Like there's so many like hard rock and heavy metal songs that you can just put in. Right, just because they're scary, or they're just yeah. They or, no, the well yeah. Like it, it will mention like the devil. Yeah, like you can like, put anything by the deicide on a Halloween mix. You don't have to go that far. Like Ozzy, half of Ozzy Osbourne. Like you put Bark at the Moon. It's about werewolves. Right. Or turning into a werewolf. Mark <laughs> uh, at the Moon, by the way, I, I did not know anything about metal when I was a kid. You know, it was all sheltered in theater music and then and movie soundtracks and shit. And then I started to get into pop and, you know, thriller and all that. But my next door neighbor, Kevin Winland, had a Ozzy Osbourne Bark at the Moon poster in his room. Also had a quiet riot. He was super into that stuff. And so I would hear it. It would, you know, get into my mind. But I always loved Bark at the Moon. That was always one that I'd say, like, play that one again. That's a good one. Half of, like, uh, heavy metal is, like, yeah, appealing to, like, the Dungeons and Dragons type of 13-year-old boy mentality of, like, monsters and demons and ghosts. And <laughs> right. People that can slay those things. Um, I, I like some of the songs that, like, are not at all like a Halloween song that you would think of, but, like, Jump in the Line, Harry Belafonte, because... You know, it was in Beetlejuice, so like it can kind of tie back to it. Right. 
See, these, these are the thing, these are the, the, the thought patterns that, that really make it happen. Devil inside in excess. Ooh. Uh, highway to hell, ACDC. I, I don't know. I don't want to read you all of them. Oh, number of the beast, Iron Maiden. So like, you could just like find metal songs, but you kind of have to, uh, you can't just like go like a wall of metal because you could just do only like, you know, heavy metal songs or you could just do a whole Slayer albums at a time and it's, it's pretty much Halloween. Right. Uh, Werewolves of London, I assume, is on there. Of, of course. Um, did you put Monster Mash? Did you sync to no. that? No. Good for I you. Won't, I won't do it. You know what? Good for I won't you. Do I'm, it. See, th this is the kind of thing where I'm talking about major league playlist making. The fact that you left <laughs> that you left that off as I won't do it. It's Ghostbusters is in there. It's like it's fine. You'd explain why I get it, but it's like you you didn't stoop to playing Mustang Sally at your. You know what I mean? It's like when we used to play music. No, I was we, gonna say yeah. It's like a cover band playing Mustang Sally. It's a cover band Fuck playing Mustang off. Sally. Fuck off! No, <laughs> never. I, to be honest, Ghostbusters is is on that list for me, but. I caught hell from it right, right. from other people because like it needed to be added. I, I understand the Ghostbusters. You had to put, but the, the fact you didn't, because Monster Mash, nobody likes it. It's just, it's just there because it's there. Uh, nobody likes that song. And that's <laughs> probably not true. I'm sure plenty of people actually like it at Halloween. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's pandering. It's pandering. Yeah. I, I like the outside songs better, like Chick Habit, um, that was in a Quentin Tarantino movie, Death Proof, mm. by April March. She's like, it's literally a one-hit, not even a one-hit wonder, it was just in like that movie, but it's got, I don't know. I, I like trying to find those type of songs. If I have to sit here and look through my whole playlist, it might take a little bit too long, but whatever. Well, is it public? Can people uh, listen to this playlist on, uh, of their own accord? They, they can on Spotify. It's hell uh, dash O dash ween. Halloween. Oh, perfect. Charlie Crabtree. Fine. All right. Well, it, listen, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify right now, hop on over to hell dash O dash ween. Tom Waits, Whistling Past the Graveyard. Oh, that's a good one. Did you put Black Rider on there? No, I meant to. I know. That, that was your recommendation, and I didn't do it. The Black Rider is a good... You know, speaking of the uh, of thriller, Charlie. Need some tweaking, but yeah. Uh, have you? Stole by the Corner Laughter is one of the great, great Halloween songs. Stone Words. It's or Sugar Skulls. Sugar Skull. Stone Words could be on there too. That could be on there. It should be. Yeah, yeah I think both. I'll have, to, I'll have to add it. Definitely Sugar Skull. You know, I'm covering Sugar Skull. On Good. My, on what I might be titling the album that will never come out. That's great. <laughs> I was actually thinking of, if I finish it, calling it the album that never came out. <laughs> it's like, almost, because that's how I think of it. It's, oh, that, yeah, that album that never came out. I've been working on it for like three years. It's like- It's like really, your Chinese democracy. That, that means you've reached a certain point as an artist. It's, this is good. It's, it's just, a, it's one of those things, you know, where it's like, I have no band that I'm using in this album, right? <laughs> it's all, it's all just stuff that I've done and, and I'm not using fake drums and stuff like the one album. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's all 
organic sounding systems, just the level of perfectionism is really high because I, I feel like it's like when you make an album like that, you're extra vulnerable to attack. Because it's like if you have a whole band and you're playing and everything's, then it's like, okay, you're kind of shielded by that. It but shows you, some effort. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I yeah, get it. You know what I'm saying. But I have a, I have a, a treat for you, Charlie. Uh, oh. I do, did you know that hmm. there is a verse in, first of all, Vincent Price's rap in Thriller when I was a kid scared yes. the living shit out of me, dude. I mean, it haunted me. I remember one this time trying to It's the most unscary thing of all time. I know, right? But there was something about him saying, and though you fight to stay alive, there was something about that line that really just really scared me. And my mom was telling me about like the, the Vincent Price is this sort of like, you know, He's the Liberace of horror. Like, why would why are you just gonna say that? <laughs> I was just gonna say that. I was looking for that name in my head. Liberace. He's kind of like Liberace. Yes. Yes. He's the Liberace of horror. And yet he's scaring the shit out of me on a fucking Michael Jackson record. But I've come to love it. And did you know that there is a missing verse from that? No. A verse. Well, do you want to hear it? Will you read it in his voice? Do you want to hear it in his voice? Yeah. Not oh, only wait. that, do you want to hear the rap with no music? Good. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, you have, I thought you were, okay. It's actually recorded. You're going to play the recording. You're not going to recite it as him. No. I mean. I might like you to recite it as him better, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could do that, but I. I okay, chef's no, trust, no. Charlie. No, no, I want to hear it. No, no, no. I want to let's hear. Let's hear the real thing. I, I've never. I can't believe that I've never heard this before. I, this just. Uh, I just. This just popped up. Um, I, I do not want to share the screen. I just want to share the audio. Is this? Is that going to happen? You can do that. If I if I do that, uh, am I sharing the screen now? Is this You're sharing screen. A yeah. Bunch of bullshit on my screen. There is a bunch of bullshit on your screen. There's, There's a way, bunch of you gotta clean up your desktop, dude. This is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let, me, let me stop. Uh, with, with, I don't want any bullshit on, on my screen. I just want uh, uh, music or computer sound only share. Now, is this back to normal again? Yes. Okay, now if I do this, is there bullshit on my screen? None. Okay, perfect. All right, here we go. For the audience and for you. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Okay, here we come. This is the second... The demons squeal in sheer delight. It's you they spy, so plump, so right. For though the groove is hard to beat, yet still you stand with frozen feet. You try to run, you try to scream, but no more sun you'll ever see. For 
for evil reaches from the crypt to crush you in its icy grip. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> Check this out. It's great fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a good fun. edit. It's a good edit. It's a great edit. Because you know what? So that plump, verse... so right. It it turned like him trying to be scary into sounding like you were about to be like sexually assaulted. So it's a good cut. Um, yours neighborhood. Y'all's neighborhood terrorize y'all's I was asking yours neighborhood and he was just taking liberty with the language and just saying it like that does he say y'all's neighborhood he says y'all's and and I that's something that I always wondered yours neighborhood no he says y'all always thought it was yours and it always strikes me as weird like why is he saying that I thought that same thing but the, the way he says evil it's nobody can say the word evil Better than Vincent Price. The no. Alec Guinness comes in pretty good up there. But it's all those, those guys, you know, like like uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Christopher Lee and like Vincent Price. They all could do that. The, the rolling of the R's, you know, and rot inside a corpse's shell. But that second verse, he also got very Liberace-ish too with the pump and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Demons plump and search. It started sounding like the Haunted Mansion from Disneyland at that point. I mean, it, the whole thing does, to be honest with you, but that, yeah, made it more so. <laughs> well, I, I wish I had thought that in 1984, dude, but uh, there were a couple weeks there where, uh, you know, standing face the hounds of hell was something that I was really afraid I was going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to have to fight to stay alive in my body. <laughs> I, mean, I really thought that was in the cards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So okay. yeah, that's uh, that's Vincent Price performing. Uh, one take. I've never one, heard you know. that before. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For that. Yeah. You're welcome. I it's, I recently came came across that, very recently, and uh, I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> the audience too, if you have not heard Vincent Price straight up, you know, give the pro his due though, man. One take. Straight through, even with the silly verse in the middle, they just cut it out fine. But that was one take, Jake, right there. I mean, unless someone edited it, but I don't think so. Because you can hear if you listen to it like loud, you can hear the background, like in his headphones or whatever. Pretty sure he just nailed that one take. All right. I mean, I don't, you know, he's Vincent okay. Price, dude. It's not the first time he's read some shit about getting eaten by the hounds of hell. No. <laughs> not Good. the first time he's not the first time he's seen. Uh, well, it is probably the first time he's seen y'all's. 
on the, on one of his readings. Are you sure it's y'all's? Yes, I'm telling you, it's y'all. It's yours, and uh, yours always bugs me every time I hear that song. I thought that too. That part always like it's weird that he says yours. Close at hand, creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. There's an R in there, dude. He said well, yours. There's an I, R in there. It is the scripted version. If you look it up, it says y'alls. It, but he's Vincent Price in a million years has never ever said the word y'all, and he will never, no, never. The, I, I mean, I guarantee you could comb through every word he's ever said, and <laughs> y'alls never ever has been said by him. Which is the coolest part? If they could, if they, if that, if it was that though, would be that he's going to say some some rap slang of the time. Uh, just completely out of co the context of everything he's saying, you know. I mean, I they do have it was to say, old, "Can you it was dig old it?" Timey, correct to be able to say it. You're not going to say, "Can you dig it?" Well, I just, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I always, when I was a kid, thought, "Is that yours or y'all's?" I was too busy panicking um, <laughs> about being shoved inside a corpse where, of shell. Where, where did you get the information that it was? y'alls did you come up with that on your own or did someone tell you that no it's it's if you read the like the official lyrics it's clearly yours it, you it says y'alls right, well do it one more time let the people decide for themselves okay. <laughs> hey man i'm all about letting the people decide dude it's like the most popular song from the most popular album of all time we have to know if that is the correct word or not otherwise what are we doing here bill that's if it's true. not to do this kind of investigative journalism, what are we doing? That is what we're here for. That is exactly what this podcast is all about. Sometimes we investigate aliens. Sometimes we investigate whether I got questions about aliens, dude. After we all find right. out y'all's are yours, can all right. Let's let's not hear one more time. Hey, one fucking mystery at a time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this one. All right. The aliens is less a mystery at this point than that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> so, yeah that's true well i don't to me it's not i think it's straight up y'all's but uh, let's, let's 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 listen to the r there's no l it's only an r god damn it all right here we go close at hand creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Is it or isn't it? That's your, that is so clearly yours neighborhood. 1000%. Okay, maybe that's what he says. And maybe he didn't understand what he was supposed to say and he just took the liberty, which uh, is absolutely 100% uh, impossible. But it's, it, uh, the, the actual lyric is, uh, show more, it's, uh, come on, where does it start? I get, I get that he's singing. Yeah, but what's the source? Is that just what someone wrote down that posted it? Or does that come straight from like Quincy Jones or Michael Jackson or something like? Who has transcribed what, what the actual words are? It's like some website? Fuck that website. I, I, yeah, I guess I'd have to go to some sort of, I, I don't know what it would, would uh, 
I mean, billboard.com, would that do it for you? Uh, someone submitted it and they didn't know. It, look, it's clear. On billboard.com. If, any, if anyone is listening to this and like posts like comments ever, just comment clearly what you think that word is. Yes, please, please. Do. If you comment, please, just yours or y'all's. I'm expecting to see 100% of people. Huh? You, you froze up there. What, what did you say? I think you, oh, I froze, you froze. What did you say? I said if someone's going to comment, please just, you could just, you could comment. You could really do us all a favor just by going yours or y'all's, just as your comment. I mean, if you have other things to say about the show, that's great. But just put first y'all's or yours, what you think. Yeah. I always yeah. thought as a kid he was saying yours neighborhood, and I always thought it was weird too. But then when I heard that, I was like, no, he's saying y'all's. Like, Michael Jackson or whoever, whoever wrote that that fucking song put you know terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Like like a plethora of yours. So like your, but then also yours and yours and yours and yours. So all together instead of your, it's yours neighborhood. Which because by technical southern, a uh, hundred million people. So maybe it is correct. Maybe it was correct three hundred years ago. I don't know. Well, no, I think, but in correct Southern speak, he would want to, you would want to say to terrorize all y'all's neighborhood. I was going to say fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like saying, if I'm going to terrorize y'all's neighborhood, it's like I'm going to terrorize where you live and your friends, but I'm going to terrorize all y'all's neighborhood. Or correct. I'm going to terrorize yours. <laughs> Terrorize all of y'all's neighborhood. That would, oh my God, Bill, it would ruin the song. Terrorize all the neighborhoods. <laughs> all the neighborhoods would be great. To terrorize all the neighborhoods. <laughs> all right. And this is, I don't know why this is so freaking funny to me right now, but it is. Okay. Did, uh, uh, one, just one quick side note on Quincy Jones. Uh, my cousin Michael was, uh, you know, he, he first studied to be, a, he's, a, he's a DA now, but he first was a musician and he was studied at UCLA. And uh, he got to have this like uh, special uh, master class with Quincy Jones. Sweet. And he said, Quincy Jones comes in high as fuck on cocaine, just sweating, like everything. <laughs> and he's, he was conducting them and he did a, like a backflip at the end of the song. No, well, he did not. My cousin, swears to this over the years you would know, have been like, like in his like 60s dude no this was this was a long time ago that he was in college doing this well, okay was, which was like 20 years ago How old like, was it was probably like 25 years ago so he's in his like mid to late 50s no i don't buy it that's the story that's what he says story I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what kind of a, a backflip. It was it like kind of a, like a uncontrolled backflip, like cross slash cartwheel, or did he really just do like a full on Ozzy Smith Wizard of Oz backflip at shortstop? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know, too. I'll ask him. But Even Ozzy Smith had to get a running start to do one of those. My cousin didn't say he didn't do get a running start. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to ask. Well, don't well, say your cousin's last name because there might be an army of lawyers showing up to 
you know, well, he's a lawyer too. So there they, there you go. Yeah. He just battled it out. Yeah. They'll have a fun legal battle on it. So yeah. Uh, speaking of mysteries, aliens, Charlie, at the moment, what yeah, do you, okay, yeah. what are you thinking? That's, no, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So there was, you know, confirmation that we have alien spacecraft and we'd been seeing the stuff from the fighter pilots for a while. And then we get no, you know, there's news that they're going to start doling out information, but that's been the only news and there isn't like anything updated at all. Right. Nothing. Yes. Nothing since we are going to start releasing information. I believe they said that they were going to release it every six months or something like that. Did they give a real timeline? I think it was six months that they said. Yeah. Okay. Because I, remember, I didn't know that they gave a timeline. I how believe, long ago was that? I believe they gave a timeline. Um, I will, uh, I'll take a quick look right now, but I do believe that they said it was a timeline of like six months or, or something, but I don't know that they said, you know, we will release it like on the third of every month of, you know, third of every six months, but it did say something about, there was a, a timeline. Is it um, concerning to you at all, Bill, that like, you know, like it got a lot of press and like, oh, there, this might be happening. We didn't get that much press. A lot of people didn't hear about it. I would tell them about it. Like, did you hear about, you know, they're releasing this and like people look at me like I'm fucking crazy. And then there's no like buildup of excitement or people aren't asking questions. You aren't seeing like newspaper articles with like speculations or anything like that. Just like it's nothing. I mean, I know there's a lot going on in 2020 and all, but like, wouldn't like the proof of other life forms in the galaxy be like the biggest thing that has happened to mankind in the last ever, ever, ever. I, I can't imagine anything that is more important to, well, I mean like, you know, fire and then fire like, maybe yeah, the we're wheel. not alone in, in the universe. I, I don't know. It's weird. Like how quiet it is about that topic. It's almost concerning. It's the timing is weird. The, the, the sequence of events is weird too, because it was like the, the Tom, the blink 182, you know, released these videos and they weren't supposed to. Right. And then we made fun of him on this podcast and he was oh, right. We owe him an apology. Sorry. I, I have, I have apologized to him on this podcast. Okay. Before. Good. And, and now you have, and yeah. you know, he, he's earned them. He's earned the apologies. Uh, there was that and then there was the navy confirming yes we have that and then they said we also have more but we can't release that because it would be of exceptionally grave danger those were the words they used exceptionally grave danger to u.s national security then within i'm gonna think a month of that is when they come out and say we probably have stuff from other worlds. We'll let you know. In, I know. What the, in, in a, in a, in a in we're small dole bits. it out. <laughs> yeah. we, what the fuck? Right, and, and then on top of it, with everything going on in the world right now, like politically, and wouldn't this be the best time ever to release information like that? It, maybe or maybe not. We're on the brink of like a civil war. Like we have a president that might not leave because. You know, if he, he loses, he's going to say it's a fraud and he's not going to leave. Right. Not commenting on politics at all right here. So I, 
I'm not going to engage in any more than saying that. But, you know, there's, there's probably like a, a chain of, you know, falling dominoes there that could lead to maybe not a full-blown civil war, but some bad shit. There's ever the time to like unite people and saying, look, we are human beings all together, but there's like alien races out there that may or may not be pissed that we shot one of their spaceships <laughs> down or like the whole Roswell thing. They landed to say hi. We put a bomb on them and now they're going to be looking for those guys. Who, or, who knows, right? Yeah, let, let's say it's all true and that remember the, the story that, we, that I've told on the podcast about uh, the uh, supposed alien base. Uh, not, not the alien base, the, the, the military base in, in Dulce, New Mexico, buried deep underground, right, where they keep all the aliens prisoners in, like, level by level. Do you remember that story? Yeah, yes. And at the, yes, yeah. the, the lowest level is, like, the scum of the galaxy, like, alien trash. Yeah, the galactic. seven layers of, the seven levels of hell. <laughs> yeah, the, the, at the bottom is, is the worst offenders. I mean, can you imagine if they're pissed about that? The, Look, man, it, if there was ever something that is going to like pretty much like nuke like the issue of like race relations and things like that where like oh shit we really are all people and maybe there is an outside threat to all of us all of a sudden you know, race and religion and sexual preference and shit like that is not going to matter right don't you think it would have a huge impact on that i i think are they just gonna wait until they're fucking parked like you know over every major metro and ready to fucking just blow us to shit please give us some time of to unite right <laughs> i remember some time to get along prove it can be done i i ronald reagan made a famous speech i was looking to see if i could grab the clip on on youtube but i think uh there, there's just too much like of the whole speech and stuff like that but it was at the united nations and he said basically if you know, it was middle of the Cold War, right? I think at that point, it was probably the height of like, you know, any minute shit could go down. It was like when we moved, making that movie the day after. You know, that sick fucking thing. That sick fucking movie. Remember that? Yeah. On network oh, yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. okay. So it was like right around then, right? Just the height of People panic. cried and stuff. Like they, they warned us at school that you're going to watch, like they warned us. Like yeah. if you watch this, like might make some of you cry. It's going to freak you out. Yeah, they had like an after special on the new on like ABC News or whatever afterwards to like calm everyone down. They didn't want it to be like War of the Worlds type of right. Yeah, yeah, type of thing. Yeah. So that's so that's the context, right? That's like where we're we're at at this point in the country. And Reagan comes into the United Nations and he makes the speech, basically saying what you were just saying, which is like, if an alien threat were to come down to Earth now. Wouldn't we join together as a species, as a, as a nation, as nations, to unite against this threat? I have to think that we would put our differences aside to the point where we would, you know, stand side by side, regardless of who we were, where we came from, what we looked like, to fight this alien threat. And I ask you now, isn't that alien threat already upon us, he says. And people thought... You know, alien people, people in my world of stuff that I watch and everything, saying, oh, that's Reagan was telling us that there, were, there, were, there was an alien. I don't think that's what he was doing. I think, I think Reagan actually did believe in aliens. That's a whole other story. But what, I think what he was saying was that the, the, the threat is so grave that it, 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 it literally is 
that almost happening? And what if that actually were to happen? For God's sake, would we not finally just, you know, drop our the swords against each other and take them up against the aliens? And so I think if if they have that information, now would be a good time to spring it. They may no think shit. it's too oh, it's too much, it's too much. No, it's the right news right now. We need that. Well, well, maybe, but I guess you consider politically and then Corona on top of it. Maybe the news really is so horrific that it's like, guys, people can only take so fucking much. Like, people have been home for a really long time. Like, that, you know, they're not probably, mental health isn't at an all-time high right now. Let's just say that, right? I think this is definitely going to, like, this is going to change the species forever if we, if we let this out right now. So maybe think, it's yeah, that bad. Yeah. If it's that bad, then yeah, you probably want to hold on to that. They did say exceptionally grave danger. So who fucking knows, man? But I will tell you this. Uh, that the, well, let's the, just the, get it over with and just fucking tell us. Let's just go. G- give us like, you know, before the spaceships arrive, arrive to, you know, blow us up. Give us a couple months of like, you know, uniting as a species. It would be good to feel that even for, you know, it's funny. Like you, you would solve world peace, which is everyone's, you know, great dream. Right. Instant before the destruction of mankind. Wouldn't that be the ultimate irony? That would be. That would they, be. they announce that they're here and it's like, oh my God, all of these fucked up beliefs I've had for all this time is totally bullshit. Let's unite as mankind. And then like, you know, your last thought before we get fucking annihilated. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it would, it, it'd, be a, it'd be a nice ending in at least in and of itself of that. Because, uh, yeah, we, we, we could use that. And if nothing else, if, let's say that they just have craft parts or whatever, or a ship, or pieces of a ship, or some shit we've back-engineered. I don't understand why. I mean, they basically said that, but why not just come out and say, all right, yes, look, we do Yeah, but that's have- not grave. That's not like grave like danger to the, the public to, to know about this, right? If, uh, we have some pieces of a ship. There were aliens here at one point. Uh, we don't know where they came from. We do know where they came from. They've been in contact. They want to pick their shit up. They're coming pretty soon, but they don't seem mad, so we're okay. Like, w- to what level does it need to be like grave, grave danger? If we just have some parts because they crashed here, it's not grave danger to the the public. No, no. That see, that's so it's got to be. It, it's got to be far beyond that. Yes, that's what gets me about that particular comment, followed by the guy who's been advising all these, the highest people in the, you know, the ranks of of the U.S. government coming out and saying, oh, yeah, no, we got stuff. We got stuff. And then if you watch, like, I've actually played, I think, clips of of, of Harry Reid, the former Speaker of the House, and, you know, throws politics out of the side, doesn't fucking matter. Um... You know, just like Tucker Carlson is crazy with UFOs on, on the right, you know, Harry Reid on the left. And so this is one conspiracy. And everyone can, it's the last living conspiracy, Charlie, that we can all join hands on. It's the fucking aliens, which goes to prove your point, which is that we would unite because of all the conspiracies, everybody, everybody apes the cons- each conspiracy. Like there used to be all these cool conspiracies. Like remember we used to read, Rule by, Rule by Secrecy, the Jim Mars book, right? Yeah. The Trilateral yeah. Commission and all that stuff. Like now we every political... Huh? We used to read it. We used so to... Well, we both read it, right? We read it, yeah. We didn't read it together like, like in a continuously class. continuously reading it all the time. Oh. 
So you meant like we just read it over and over again all the time. <laughs> no, I meant like we, I read it, you read it, we talked about it. Uh, you know, those, those, all those conspiracy theories have been aped by different factions of politics now. It's like you can't all just join in on, on, on those conspiracies. But you, UFOs are, are still the, the, last, the last bastion of, of what we can believe might happen, might be being covered up. So everybody, you got people from all walks of politics and stuff that are talking about this. And in the movie Phenomenon, the new movie, which if you listen to this podcast, you're not going to get that much that you haven't already heard, but it's, a, it's very well done. All the heavy hitters are in there. And Harry Reid, who, you know, again, like him or not, uh, the man certainly has been at the upper highest echelons of politics for many, 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 many years and believes that we have, essentially believes that we have alien material and that we don't, that we need to like, you know, get on with it about it. Well, yeah, they already said that part, though. There's, no, no, but this, but this, but that was so like, a, that was an advice. They've admitted guy. that part. So what else is there to admit? But and how come nobody's anticipating what that is? How come I'm not turning on the news and people are speculating about it and doing like all kinds of weird stories? Like, don't you think this should have gotten more play? It's I think gone. It, got, it, it did not it get enough. Literally for like a week, and then no one. It was gone. Look, if it was done intentionally that way. And it was brilliant because I don't remember what the old expression is in, in news, but there's something about like the bury <laughs> it on Friday night or Monday morning or something like that. Like the, the stories that you don't want, those are the ones you, you throw them out like on a certain day, right? When you know no one's going to read them. So it's like, I wonder if that's sort of what this was. It's like, look, there's coronavirus at the height of the thing. Like we got fucking 35 Democrats running, at e running against each other. You got, you know, Trump doing all his stuff. He's tweeting every five seconds, he, this and that. And, uh, and you know what? Remember the UFO thing? Just, just now. Just put it out now. Just put it out now. And then they put it out now, and it's like some people, and then like you said, even people, were, you'd tell them about it, and they'd be like, oh, that's bullshit. Like, no, this is on every news like station. Everybody covered it. It's just that they, the, the coverage was, okay, here's this. And now on to the next thing. Yeah, I, but the guy, technically, the guy that said that we have recovered craft, who really, really said it was not like it wasn't a Harry Reid or a a Clinton or a whatever. It was a it, the guy who was advising all of this stuff. But then again, it was like in that. In it really, if you think about it, that guy probably knows that guy knows more than any of them because they're the ones. He's the one that they're all asking. All the congressional people and all the senators and the generals and shit are bringing him in. Like, so what's up with the aliens? Well, we, we have some recovered craft. And then the press asks him and he's like, well, we have some recovered craft. Pretty much we have some recovered craft. Craft, not parts. Right. Well, no, and there's ones that are flying around that are operational. Right, right. Which we're pilots don't know what it is, so they're not in on it. So I don't know. I'm thinking about role by secrecy now that you said that. Like, it's got to be one of the more, like, impactful books I've ever read, by the way. It's like one of those books that you read and then you can't look at the world differently anymore. It's like when you learn about Santa Claus, first time you take LSD or something. Like, you're never going to think <laughs> right. the same after that, no matter what. Yes. 
Rule by Secrecy by Tim Mars is a is a mind. I wonder if I should go back and read it and be like, oh, this is totally horseshit. I would love for that to be true because, like, after reading that, like, yeah, that slight amount of conspiracy, like, is always conspiracy theories. Like, yeah, maybe there's something there. Like, I, I'm always open to at least hearing it out. You know, maybe more than I should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I, you know what though? I think in the days. I can't think about politics the same, like just like all of it. Like it, I think it kind of ruined me for it. Well, that that book by today's standards is tame as fuck. Right. Like it's nothing. Like it's fucking G-rated compared to the shit that people are coming up with now and and flat Earth and everything. Like yeah, but but his was so like uh, starting with like the basis of all of those type of things and explaining where they come from and how people are. Like groups within the groups and you yeah. know, how many of the presidents over the last 200 years were a part of a, a certain group. And I don't know, it, it, it's a great uh, conspiracy theory 101 type of thing where like it gives you the groundwork to then, you know, extrapolate on and keep building on top of, but it, it seemed very straightforward and very just like, it just makes sense. Didn't Jim really Mars- have any wide, swinging wild claims in it that i remember it's just no, really it does, it more of an explanation of how secret societies exist and work that was really all there was to it they didn't really like talk too much about the agenda that i can remember wasn't like i don't, I don't recall like, for sure this is all for a one world order and all the bullshit that you end up hearing i think it was just more really explaining how they organized the structures of them the names of them people that were in them why they exist how far back that goes right if if i remember correctly yes i think you're right i don't think that there was any big you know the new world order and we're all gonna die type thing in there no but jim mars also wrote alien agenda which is the bible of alien stuff of the time i think it was probably written in the 90s now i'm thinking but at the time, I mean, it, got, it had Roswell, it had Area 51. It had, uh, I remember it tells the story of, uh, of uh, there was some point in the 70s, Charlie, where uh, something hit the moon and it rang like a fucking bell. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that? For 45 minutes, it rang, the moon rang like a bell because supposedly it was hollow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, when uh, the first uh, spacecraft landed on the moon, it reverberated like a bell for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's it's empty. Was that in that book? It was in that. It was an alien agenda. All right, so book. maybe he is a little bit full of shit then. Well, alien agenda is pretty fucking out there, dude. But I'll tell you this: he he wrote his JFK book was the basis of the Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, yeah I read it. I did a book report on it. it oh, was, really? On Jim Mars? Uh, what was the name of it? Uh, I can't remember uh, the name of it. There's so many of. No, no, his... God, it's like the one. No, it is the one, but I mean, there's plausible so many. Plausible denial. Was it plausible I think, denial? I think so, yeah. Jim Mars, JFK. JFK. JFK is another conspiracy theory that everyone can uh, unite around. But uh, well, the, the reason I was asking about the alien stuff is because you told cross me. Crossfire. No, no. Plot that killed Kennedy. That's his. What was plausible denial? Was that not him? Is that someone else? Because that, that was also, I'll look it up later. You yeah, know my memories yeah. for sure. Crossfire, uh, 
Crossfire, the plot that killed Kennedy, is the uh, quintessential, like, book that inspired the movie. And, you know, I mean, he might have read a book. I swear it was a book called Plausible Denial. Or maybe there's... Sure there is. And it might have also been written by him. I'm sure he's done follow-ups to that. Do you think anyone even remembers the fucking JFK assassination? I've talked about that on this show, but I've, it's always been on episodes where I'm solo, so I'm kind of just wandering into the ether. Do you think... There's what? What? Do you think that, that people even, like, that are growing up now, millennials and then Gen Zs, like, do you think the JFK assassination isn't even a thing? Or is it just buried into the annals of history now as, yeah, he got killed by some crazy on a fucking bank window and that's it i i think it's it's like so tied to like uh like extremists and whack jobs that like it's one of those things that turned into like the alien thing where there's like so many like truths in there that seem real but the the people on the fringe have kind of clouded that it is it is so hard for me to understand how anyone could think that that's a single shooter like it it just I, i don't get it I don't get it, but like a lot, of, it is a lot of people's opinion that that's the case. So, but, oh, I, well, it, it is. I, it is Mark Lane. Is oh, Mark, Mark. Well, Mark Lane is also one of the one of the top guys. I know his name off the top of my head too. Yeah, Mark Lane, for sure. My dad was huge into the JFK, and, and I, you know, I yeah, I talked to him about that book. I might have talked to him either while I was doing the book reporter, right? Oh, it would have been after because it was high school. So uh oh but yeah that's what i was saying so you said you had some kind of like exclusive so i thought it was going to be around the alien thing like information supposedly that was maybe coming out that i had an exclusive yeah i was saying you said you had a surprise for this podcast for me i do do you want me to get into it now i don't know that's why i was asking about the alien stuff i assumed that it was about the alien thing them, it's not. It's them it's, doling uh, out information. I thought no, you had the next dole. I don't. <laughs> yes, they will be doling out information, sprinkling. The, no, I don't. I don't have any exclusive uh, anything special about alien, actual alien stuff as of the moment. There has not been anything. And believe me, I scour every day. You follow us at Pop Talking Aliens on Instagram. I I put out. So there is some. There's some weird stuff coming out of Venus lately that I, I need to do a little more research on. Something that is not naturally occurring. It's coming out of the Venus atmosphere. What, that, I've read something. Tell, what was it? I, I saw a blip about that. So we, we, we don't really, they don't really know why, why it's happening or where exactly it's coming from or if it's being produced. But it's something that it's not plastic, but let's use plastic as an example, right? Like plastic doesn't occur naturally. We have to make it. So if plastic right. was coming out of Venus, you'd be like, what the fuck? Right. Can't, plastic doesn't just occur in the atmosphere. Like you have to make plastic. Somebody fucking making plastic on Venus? <laughs> so it's, right. it's not plastic, but it is, it is a, a something of a, like a chemical compound or whatever that doesn't occur in, in together naturally it has to it has to be manufactured right and it's coming like a bat out of hell out of venus right now it's but it's like a it's like a ray or something right or yeah like, yeah like, it's yeah, it's like wave particles and stuff it's you know it's not like uh yeah it's not death rays um 
you know, flying towards the earth, which I mean, at this point, again, you know, would probably just be a good thing. But, uh, well, I guess now they're saying National Geographic is now saying uh, that uh, well, it might not exist at all. Okay, there you go. Possible sign of life might be due to a fluke in data processing. Mm. Well, there's your exclusive, Sounds like a cover up. <laughs> data, a, a fluke in data, pro no, the, 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 the phosphorus. I can't even uh, pretend to pronounce what the name of this shit is that's coming out of, they thought was maybe coming out of, uh, of Venus, but um, whatever it is, phosphor, phosphine, it's not really that hard, I don't think. Phosphine or phosphine, they're saying, uh, yeah, due to a uh, fluke in data processing. Okay. Astronomers challenge recent findings. No statistically significant detection. Venus is dead. Forbes headline is Venus is dead. Okay. New, new analysis shows phosphine is absent. <laughs> so Venus is dead. <laughs> okay. When the New York Times said Venus is dead and the war's begun, leave on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there's there's my exclusive, but I, I I do have something if you'd like me to tell you a quick story that does result in a, a, something that it is an exclusive to Pop Pop Game, and it also has to do with Halloween and aliens. Oh shit, the trifecta. Yeah, and who's going to say no to that? That's what we're it, here for. All right, so here's the deal. I watch a lot of horror movies in October to get fired up about Halloween. You know, I love it. I, I, I love the found footage. Genre. There's a few classics that I watch all the time. And then there's a, I'm a big fan of the found footage, footage genre. And uh, there's, as far as the, I can see those types of movies on Amazon Prime. And one of them I saw was called Butterfly Kisses. Don't be fooled by the name. It is an exceptional fucking found footage movie within a found footage movie. It's probably the most cutting edge one since the original Blair Witch. Okay, Even so has, how, how scary? Because it's not scary. I've talked about it on this podcast, but you remember like the Blair Witch scared the no, shit. No, no. Out of yeah. We saw no, it in the movie not, theater and it. I saw it with you. Yeah. Yeah. We were scared. I mean, like I couldn't walk to my car scared. The end, it, the ending <laughs> shot's so disturbing. Yeah. yeah. Butterfly Kisses is not that. Butterfly Kisses is like a. A guy making a he, a guy who actually finds footage and he's trying to edit it together, and people are saying that it, it's fake, and they're saying or that he put it together, and then like he goes on this radio show to try and like show people a clip of it online, and they're all saying, "Oh, this is fucking bullshit, dude. This is stupid." And then the Blair Witch creator calls in and says, "Listen, man, like this looks fake. If you're gonna do found footage, like this has been done before a million times, like." You know, I don't want to burst your bubble, and it like makes the. Guy Wait, so it is actually a document. It, it, it's it, him pretending to make a documentary and fooling everybody else. It's really a mockumentary, but there's people. So the creator of the Blair Witch. Was he being an actor in it, or was he really just playing himself, thinking that he was telling this guy that the footage looked full of shit? He was playing himself. Yeah, the, playing himself, telling the guy that the footage looked like it was shit. Playing himself, not actually yes. being himself. So it was fake. He was in acting. In his mind. Oh, he his was acting. acting was fake. Yeah, he, correct. 
it's not actually a documentary, but it's made like a documentary about a guy who's making a found footage movie. But it, the movie itself is also kind of not a doc. It's just really good. It's got a lot okay. of layers to it. It's okay. not scary, but it's a good thing about that. But that, that, that was one that I watched. And I enjoyed it. So I'm looking for another good uh, found footage movie. And I see this movie called Hell House LLC. And uh, I'm well, like, of course you did. All right. Well, what is this? And I look on Rotten Tomatoes, 89%. Oh, really? For Hell House LLC. So <laughs> LLC? I watch, huh? LLC? LL, Hell House LLC. Limited Liability Corporation, right? <laughs> so I watch it, and it's a decent stand, standard found footage movie about this kid these people that they basically have this business where they're you know millennials and the the younger people and they they go from city to city every year and they find like some haunted place or some creepy place and they turn it into a haunted house for that year's halloween this year they find this place called the abaddon hotel which they call hell house Uh because some the guy hung himself there that owned it and it's haunted supposedly and you know it's just nothing but bad things and they, they 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 stay there for a week putting together this hell house and slowly but surely like the, you know, things start to go bump in the night and eventually uh, it's, it's kind of creepy. It's, it's kind of its moments. Right. And then at, at the end, when they open up the hell house, it's fucking all hell break, all hell breaks loose. Bunch of people die. Um, they die. It's just, and, and it's, le- it's just left in a mess. Right. It's just terrible. Uh, it really, it did not go well. Hell House, everyone dies, the end. But then I see uh, on the little Amazon Prime thing that comes up, you know, at the bottom yeah. it says, you know, up next, Hell House 2. I yeah. was not aware, <laughs> did not know there was a Hell House 2. Didn't bother to check on Rotten Tomatoes. I just figured, well, all right, fine. And then Hell House 2 is like, it's like a documentary style where they're trying to figure out what happened that night. What really was in Hell House and this, you know, gung-ho reporter, this woman's like going to find out, you know, and she goes in and there's all this, you know, they're interviewing people that know the lore of Hell House and stuff. The second one was very forgettable. I don't really remember, but I know a lot of people died in Hell House. Yeah. Of course as one does. When one in a Hell House. Life. When one goes to Hell House, one typically dies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, there was, like, I remember there were shots in the, in the, in Hell House too. It was like, you know, this kid filmed the Facebook live video of him walking into Hell House. And he's like, and, so like, and he's like, I'm going into Hell House on a dare. And he walks in, he's like, takes two steps in. And he's all, see, I went to Hell House, guys. And then he leaves and then the camera drops and he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that happens. And then at the end of that, I'm like, all right, well, that was kind of, kind of disappointing, but it was, it was all right, I guess. Up next, Hell House 3. Oh. See, that's the legacy of like a good like horror film that makes five bucks is that guarantees there's going to be ten more. You're right. That proves my point. It absolutely and it helped to mystify how scary the first one was because it's comical by the end, and then the first one doesn't scare you anymore. It's like your grief process getting to watch those next five <laughs> movies because like you go through all the stages. So by the end, you're fine again. It's like oh, the first one isn't scary. I'm not going to have nightmares about it anymore. It, it became a comic book by the end. It was great. Right. Sorry. Well, Keep going. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, you're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. I mean, Hell House 1, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously, there's going to be Hell House 2. 
course. And then even if Haas two made, you know, like you said, made five bucks over profit. Enough movies so people could go get like the cast and crew could get Slurpees after they shot the next movie and cover all their expenses. That that means there's going to be a three. <laughs> and so it is. There's yeah. A three. And I'm thinking at this point, all right, third one has got to be about like somebody from the family of many people who have died or a, somebody, an investigator, somebody's going to, somebody's going to want to like get rid of Hell House, right? Like, you know, and then it I says, mean, the thing, in the very beginning, it says, just to, just to get that out of the way, it says, Hell House was scheduled to be demolished until it was bought by this eccentric billionaire. Now he's going to make the ultimate haunted Hell House. So yeah. it's essentially now we're just back at part one, except the guy's got way more money and he's going to do way more with it. And he's way more crazy and nobody can stop him because he's so rich, right? So <laughs> this is happening and he's putting together the hell house and people are getting scared and people are leaving because they don't want to have anything to do with it. And then you find out, and then at the end, it's like, you know, when he opens the hell house, all hell breaks loose and there's all this crazy shit happening. People are dying. But this this time now it's like, instead of a few like dummies that came to life and killed everyone now, it's like there's demons that are stabbing people. It's just like, what the fuck? This is not, this has not been established in the previous movies that there's this, it's just, you know, and the, and the guy who hung himself comes back as a, like a human and talks to them and says, I've made a deal with everyone. Rent and and it's an LLC. So no one can sue the eccentric billionaire for getting murdered there. Right. So, <laughs> it's well done. That's Charlie, so you want to get on a hell house? Don't worry. Your, your liability is limited. <laughs> it's a yeah. fucking slam dunk. <laughs> oh, Bill, I'm not going into the hell house business. <laughs> really not that much of a risk for this billionaire. <laughs> you know, you'd think by the name, but for him, no. But then it turns out, all this weird stuff, you start learning all this weird stuff about him. Like he got in a car accident and he was clinically dead for five minutes and he's got, he's got this weird scar on his face. And uh, he starts telling, uh, there's like a priest in it. And the priest, this, this reporter finds out that the priest was going to liquidate his assets, the, the, the rich guy. So she thinks the priest yeah. is stealing the money. Turns out what's going on, Charlie, I'll cut to the chase. The rich guy has seen the light of God through his car accident and okay. was tasked with destroying Hell House, which has turned out, turns out is the gates of hell. But no. he's been tasked with closing the gates of hell and destroying Hell House once and for all, which he fucking does. I mean, how does one destroy a, a Hell House? He take he gets all the demons and he fucking he he goes to the main guy, right? The main you guy like wrestle himself. them. Like how do you, like what do there you is do? a fight? Yes, there is a fist. How do you fight a, a demon? Well, because the de the demon guy came back into like corporeal form. Oh. And, and this guy guns he, or like a sword or something? No, he just he just ran at him because he the, look he totally fooled the <laughs> demon, the demon guy that had killed himself that had opened the gates to hell. Right? Uh -huh. There's more in that of all that part that it, you know don't I don't need to get all into it, all that right? But there's this whole gates of hell thing, and so the the guy who opened the gates of hell, the original hell house owner, uh, he it, it thinks that the guy the rich guy is like working with him and that he's bought his soul and he doesn't know that the rich guy actually can stop him so the rich guy attacks him literally physically they attacks him and he throws him into the gates of hell and the hell house 
burns to the ground. All the demons die. They go flying back down to the hell. And there's nothing left to Hell House. Gone. Then you find out that, uh, then you see the next scene is like all the kids from the first movie are all normal again. But they're in Hell House. But Hell House looks very nice. And they're like, oh, what happened? I guess we got out of that scot free. I remember all these people were screaming and stuff. The rich guy comes out and they're like, and, and so they try to leave. They're like, all right, well, let's get the fuck out of here, man. This was a bust. And uh, the rich guy comes in and says, oh, no, you can't leave. Uh, you open the gates to hell. And I close them. And so I have to stay to make sure they stay closed. And you have to stay as like, you know, your eternal punishment for opening the gates to hell. But it turns out there's a bar at Hell House. So they just go get drunk and that's how it ends. <laughs> true. It's true. Horny teenagers fuck everything up. That's the moral of the story, I guess. Yeah, they, and, and the, the Hell House, I mean, here's the thing, Charlie, here is the exclusive to Pop Talking Aliens, okay? I, as you know, have played a clip of this supposed C, former CIA agent who was okay. a, a, in connection with every UFO event that happened. Like, he's touched the Roswell ship, he's been to Area 51 with Eisenhower, he's seen gray aliens, he's talked about all of this and he, you know, talks in this wheeling voice about it, you know, he's about yeah, to yeah, die yeah, when they yeah, yeah, yeah. did an interview. We've, we've all heard him, we all know him, love him, he's a wheezing guy. All right, so after I watched Tell House, about, I don't know, an hour after I was done with three, of course, a few nights, I, my phone rings and it's just nothing but symbols, it's like a minus plus and there's like an at symbol and an equal sign. Fuck is this? It doesn't say unknown. It says it's that, right? So I do not answer. But then it leaves a voicemail, <laughs> and so I had to listen to the voicemail, and the, and I'm gonna play you what the voicemail was, because apparently, uh, wheezing guy watched Hell House, and his experience was very very similar to to mine. So so here is that voicemail. I, I just watched over the course of the last few nights a trilogy of movies called Hell House LLC, Amazon Prime, found footage genre, a Bunch of kids open up this haunted hotel and everyone dies. And uh, after the first, it says, uh, next up, Hell House 2, which I had no idea existed. I figure. What the hell? So, this one is a documentary about Hell House 1. And guess what? Up next, Hell House 3. So, fuck it, I've come this far. I'm thinking now there's gotta be an antagonist to Hell House. I mean, how many people have 
to die in this uh, in this uh, place before they burn it down. Uh, no, a rich guy buys Hell House, and now it's the same exact premise as uh, as the first. I'm I'm barely paying attention. Then the end comes, and now they're totally playing fast and loose with (laughs) established Hell House lore. There's like 50 demons instead of a a handful. But uh, then... uh, he realized the rich guy has been laying the groundwork to bring out all the demons in their bus so we could throw them into hell and uh, give a hell house its uh, just desserts. <laughs> and and uh, boy, does he uh, give a hell house the what for? I mean, I mean, he really gives Hell House the the business. Uh, Shit down, closes the uh, gates to hell. Oddly satisfying. Uh, thank, thank. Yeah, that's uh, as far as we know, Charlie. That is the only other time that uh, the Weezing guy has spoken uh, in public. I mean, I don't know. He didn't authorize me. I'll probably get killed for playing that on in public. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, for a guy whose every like word could be, you know, his dying breath, his last word, like yeah. to, to leave it that voicemail for a good five minutes or however long that took. And... Wow, it was, it's just it was very I, you know, I thought you had a real. I thought you had a real exclusive. God damn it! I I don't know. I don't. Did I, t- I, did I tell you that? I don't, I don't feel like I sold anything like that. Maybe I did. I didn't mean to. It was that. Uh, that's the trick in a trick or treat, right? Right. Well, Charlie, uh, you know, the other thing about uh, the, the, the horror movies, did, did you watch, you watched the Adam Sandler, the stupid? I did. The Hubie yeah. Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I and, did. Uh, I think. I did. You, go ahead, please. Your thoughts. No, uh, it was the stupidest movie I've ever seen. And at the same time, so oddly comforting. And like, I actually liked it. I, I'm saying it is really one of the dumbest movies I've ever yes. seen. And I enjoyed it. I don't know what it I, says I, about me, but uh, it's comfort food, I guess. I, there's somebody else I know that I work with that also used the word comfort. And I... To me, it was the same thing. Like I, I knew going in because I, a couple of people have told me how stupid it was, but I thought like, my son and I, when he was like twelve, I used to play him the stupidest Adam Sandler ones, like the not the ones about, you know, she'll roll up and down your fat prick. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, not those. Ones. <laughs> she'll roll up and down your fat the, prick. The Meg Ryan flick. Yeah, Not I mean, that. everything Adam Sandler does is to some level stupid, but like, 
it was just like a, a watered down water boy and then yes. like in a halloween story like scooby-doo style basically yeah so it's, I, I used to play him all the ones that weren't that which was just him talking stupid you know the excited southerner you know that right so we thought that was funny and and, and i knew going in and i told him it's going to be that shit all right. the time right and and it, yeah it was the same thing it was just laughed, shameless just ridiculous laughing at the utter utter just it's it's so fucking stupid it's so stupid like the, and if the, you don't like yeah. adam sandler talking in funny voices like you are do not touch this with a 10-foot pole i i i mean i liked it once like the water boy was funny but then the second pet that's too much you can hear the pitch like all right i got this guy his name is hubie dubois and like you know laugh and then he's i don't know like a halloween story green light <laughs> yeah like that's well, it he did, you told me something and uh please will you tell this while i while i I, I grabbed my water from over there about, uh, you said something about Adam Sandler threatening to unleash bad movies oh. upon the public. I will be right back. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Um, so like when, when people are uh, trying to get nominated, they kind of like do the circuit. They kind of have to sell themselves to get nominated for the Academy Awards. So they go on like a press tour or whatever. And like he was starting to get a lot of steam uh, for why can't I think Uncut Gems? He was starting to get a lot of heat and a lot of people were saying like, you know, he should get nominated, he should win for that movie. He was saying that like, if he didn't win or if he didn't get nominated, maybe he did get nominated. Was he nominated? I think so. I don't remember that, but he was show showing up everywhere and like- He got a lot of acclaim. He, he, was a he admitted, I think it was like on Howard Stern, he admitted he's playing the game, he's doing the circuit to try to get himself nominated, which he might have. But anyways, he said if like he didn't win, that he would uh, the next movie he released was going to be his stupidest yet. Like he was gonna unleash hell on people, like purposely. And this is like the next thing that came out. So it was like I swear to God, he said it. It was like him living up to it. And it's like there's enough time that passed that like he just slapped this movie together in like the three months since you know then for Netflix to buy it. He has that contract with them. So. I, I don't know if he was saying that knowing that this was the next movie of his that was going to come out or he rushed to do this to like live up to his word that like, you know, people always pan like his movies as just being total horseshit and like stupid. Yeah. He's like, this is going to be the stupidest one. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's done very well it was good. on Netflix. There's something to be said for it like being released on Netflix instead of a movie. Like, if it's a movie theater, you kind of leave your house, you know, drive your car, you're going to fucking park and walk into the movie theater. Maybe you have to get sitters, you know, if you're, you know, you got kids and stuff. And then you see that movie and you're like, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, you're pissed. Yeah, yes. And you're like, come on, man. That was the stupidest shit. But like, you know, comfort of your own home. You went to it on Netflix and like, you know, you, you, you leave the cursor on it and start showing it. And I'm like, God damn it. And then like, yeah. I'm pushing and I'm pushing play. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, doing it like, yeah. and you, there's you're something under, wrong with me. There's no, but you're under no obligation. You can turn it off if it's just, you know, the kind but, of yeah, thing right. you can't deal with. There it, is it, some legitimately funny stuff in it, though. Like, the progression. No, dude, 
of how no, there was parts where like I was laughing out loud by my I watched it by myself in the front room where after everyone was asleep and like laughing way harder than I should have been at half of the stuff. There's some, I mean, some of it is so some of the stuff with Steve Buscemi, like especially Steve Buscemi's great. I did, the thing to me was the the progression of of stuff that was being every time he got on his bike, people would throw stuff at him. Every time, yeah, yeah, even yeah. if there was nobody around, and he was in an area where there would be nobody, stuff would get thrown at him. And yeah. you know, it starts off with kids throwing eggs, and then by the end, he's like riding through a forest or a cornfield or where there's nothing, and <laughs> flaming arrows and like kitchen sinks are being thrown at him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like not only that, the ridiculousness of that, but it's also that like there would be nobody around even. He's throwing shit at him, but he's, he's always being, uh, yeah, just, it's, if you like that kind of thing, you'll have a good time, and just as you said, it's like comfort, it's like comfort food comedy, it's just absolutely, there's no thinking, there's no clever no, setups. you see every joke coming a mile away. Yes, it's like, just shtick all the time. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know, I, I actually liked it for I some reason. I thought it was hilarious, I mean, I don't know that I would watch it again, but... It it uh, at the time it yeah it was it was like a fat fucking pizza delivered right <laughs> to me right. So uh, Charlie, I was watching um, Eli Roth's uh, history of horror movies. Really good. It's on AMC. Like they run it every Halloween. It's like season two, and they interview you know Rob Zombie and they interview Stephen King and all the all the big hitters of and they talk about the influence of specific horror movies. And Stephen King thought it was interesting. He said that the best adaptation of any of his books was uh, Misery, the movie Misery, not The Shining or any of the, uh, the ones you might think were the same. He hated guys. The Shining. He's, he's always said he hated oh. Stanley Kubrick's Shining. Always. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, it was the this. best. It was the best adaptation of one of his books, other than maybe Shawshank. But Shawshank was the short story, so the right the, the script was longer than the short story. But uh, he he's always hated that. He hated The Shining. Really, he hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he loved Misery. He even said there was one major change where, and the reason I'm I'm talking about this is because I wanted to get into to, to books for a minute because I, I don't read a lot of like horror books but I know that you've read a lot of King and stuff and uh, a couple audiobook things but he said that um, in the in the book I guess he, he, she doesn't break his knee, legs the way she does in the movie she does it some other way I and don't he, remember I, I know what you're talking about so however he does it I don't remember what they said that he, he they do in the book but then in the movie she puts that block and she Oh, so fucking disturbing breaking his ankles on that block and he said that like he was like even that he was like was it, that was actually an improvement over my book and i never see improvements normally in uh, maybe she just know. hammers his leg instead with like a normal hammer or something i i look i, I read that book 30 years ago literally right. so i i don't remember but i do remember him loving the the movie and saying that it was a pretty tight adaptation of the book too. Didn't, you know, didn't, he didn't go too far off, off script at all. He used to, and he might still license his movies to a dollar for a yeah, dollar. To a dollar. Yeah. 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 So that anyone can make 
uh, still a, a thing. licensed interpretation of a Stephen King movie. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's like the George Lucas of horror, like just letting people run wild with his intellectual property. I mean, you know. It's smart I, now, right? It's, huh? it's very smart because. It's great. It's good business. It's exposure. I mean. But most of know, the ones that come out even, aren't even that good, but then like those old books are like at the top of the bestseller list again. Right. Like, right. Like a great, great uh, example of that is uh, the Gunslinger series and like i'm on the very last book of like five of them on audible right now that's one of the things i'm listening to the gunslinger so like, books yeah well like the, the the movie was horrible but the dark power that that uh series of stephen king books remember it was the matthew mcconaughey movie and like that was just i didn't even see it it was got panned so hard so what was the one you, you were telling me about that is like done like a production? It's an audiobook available on Audible. No, which, by the way, that, if you'd okay. like to uh, to listen to the audiobook Charlie's about to talk about, you could do it for free by going to audibletrial.com slash pop talking aliens. Charlie? Yeah. I actually <laughs> took a break on the gunslinger because it was it's so dense and it was like five or six books in. It was starting to like just become numb to me, but they're they're good. Um but it was actually the Sandman, which is Neil Gaiman, if you like him, who's fucking amazing. He's got great books. He's got kids' books. But this one is from his days as a, um, it was a graphic novel, it's like comic graphic novel. Right. I think there's like 60 or 50 total. And this is like the, the first 30 condensed into like a audible made for audible production okay yes, totally they do their own stuff now totally like star studded it, it's like the best audio book hands down I've, I've listened to tons at this point 20 at this point this one by far is the best one but like the cast i'll, I'll read off a couple of them to you um riz ahmed cat dennings uh elton john or the Elton John actor who is now forever Elton John. Uh, Karen Edgerton? Yes, yes. James <laughs> McAvoy. Like uh, Andy Serkis, Michael Sheen. Like, there are tons of, it's got, like, real production. It's like, uh, you know, like the modern-day version of, like, the old radio shows where they used to, you know, basically do plays. That's awesome. The radio. It's really well done. And it's it's good. Super good. Those are fucking top flight people too. Yeah, like, I'm sure it'll win like award, you know, awards. Like, I don't know if that world of awards is is that big or people talk about them that much. But out of all the audio books I've listened to, just production value alone, it's like through the fucking roof. Like they really spent money on it. I I, I love that 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 they do that, and I hope that they continue to do that more. I mean, one of the things, and I've talked about this when I talk about the Audible trials and everything, is that like in general, production values of audiobooks has gone up so much because of Audible. Like, you know, oh, for sure. Up. Oh, for sure. So like audiobooks, like you, you look at the ones that are older from like a few years and years ago where it wasn't even probably recorded because of Audible, just like their audiobooks were a thing many years ago before Audible. There were like 12 tapes. Oh, well, yeah, back in the day, right? You yeah. Get that little, looked like a little box set and you'd open it. 
right. cheap plastic that would smush in and <laughs> stick the audio tapes in there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's one guy reading and they weren't looking for the best voice actors ever. It was just, you know, pay some guy to, to read this book. Sometimes it's the author. Authors aren't always the greatest readers. Neil Gaiman's one of the, the readers in this one, and he's actually very good at it. Stephen King has done some of his own books, and a lot of people actually don't like it when he reads his own books. He's one of those guys. Yeah. But I think, like, the ones that you'll see that have come out in, like, the last two years and the last year, it's, like, gets exponentially better. Where, like, they'll spend money on a real actor to read the book, throw in a tiny bit of, like, production value, but not like Sandman. Sandman was obviously, like, a budgeted thing. And I think you'll see a ton more of that type of stuff coming out. I hope so. That would be really awesome. Because, I, I, you know, I listen to all the Star Wars books all the time. And, uh, you know, the new post, all that, you know, EU, can, destroying canon, uh, like the Halloween movies. But they had to with Star Wars because it doesn't matter. Point is, I listen to them all and they have, they're not that. Like, there is, a, they, I would love if they would do one like that with, like, voice actors doing it. Because they get people to do to read them who have, who are voice actors who can do fucking like anybody. Like there's one I told you about called Master and Apprentice where the guy who narrates it does a fucking Liam Neeson that is just, it's so dead on. It, I've never heard an imitation of, a lot of people imitate that guy. This is perfect. And he's doing long stretches of dialogue and doing a, like a, a really good young Ewan McGregor and stuff. And you know, one like, guy so doing all the voices, right? Right, one guy, one guy. This is like an ensemble cat, like right. cast, like actual real actors and stuff, like really good. I, I hope they I do hope more they of that kind of stuff. That. Yeah, I hope that they move to that. You know, the first audio books that I remember like, really catching on, and this was before Audible also, were the Harry Potter books read by Jim Dale. Like those were oh, really- Oh yeah, I remember thing. that. People really dug that and he did all of them. It's like, a, you know, like a, a stage actor, a lifer, so like, was an actual real lead guy from right from theater, so yeah, no, he was I'd imagine huge, that would be very good, huge in theater, and 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 apparently he, you know, they said like in total at the end of all of it, he had, had he'd done nine hundred voices or something, you know. Oh, and, mark my words, Mark Hamill will be will be doing audiobooks in the near future. Well, you know, One, let me right? tell like you, they'll be in something. Let me tell you something about Mark Hamill real quick. Okay. Fucking Mark Hamill detour. By the way, I love Mark Hamill to death. Come he on. Fucking, he pisses me off. He the, the, me... The, the Grubhub commercial with him and Patrick Stewart? Come on. Okay. I was going to start off with that. Love it. Those are hilarious commercials. And they're hilarious. And Mark Hamill has gotten a lot of... Mark Hamill has become very much relevant again. And it's because of his performance in The Last Jedi. That's when it all started. That's when people started following him on Twitter. That's when he right. started, like, all of a sudden uh, popping up all the time and stuff. Before that, it was like, did you see the Mark Hamill's in the Jane Silent Bob movie? Right. Mark Hamill sighting. Right. And then he had the Joker. He did the Joker. Everyone liked that. Very, very well. Yeah, he, no, great Joker. But that's great all Joker. he did. And now he's doing everything all the time. And we just found out, there was just some news, that there's a new book not on Audible, this one's like more of like a <laughs> book about Star Wars, written by uh, Pablo Hidalgo, who was part of the Lucasfilm story yeah. group and knows everything. We all know Pablo. He's the guy, Pablo. yeah. He says that 
Luke Skywalker was going to die in George Lucas's version of Episode Eight. I, and I saw that. Also going to be uh, in a place of despair where he had moved somewhere else in the galaxy to get away from everything. Mark Hamill had two big issues with The Last Jedi. One was that he didn't think he would go away to a planet to get away from everything, that he would be in there fighting a good fight all the time, and that he said George Lucas, he wasn't supposed to die until episode nine. Pablo Hidalgo, who I'm going to go ahead and trust over Mark Hamill. Well, yeah, he's like the Star Wars historian. Stuff. He's like the historian, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's he's the keeper of the wills as far as Star Wars is concerned. Yes, yes. All the visual dictionaries and stuff, all the all the sub stories that have to be written, like explaining how the Emperor came back and who the Sith Eternal are and all that stuff in the Rise of Skywalker. It's like it's his job to do that in those visual right. dictionaries, right? So it's like he's in it. He would know. Mark Hamill would not know. And so. Yes. For whatever reason, I Mark Hamill came up. I had to. I had to mention that I, I, you know, Mark Hamill should just be grateful for the Last Jedi and understand that the stuff he thinks oh, is no. incorrect. We've talked about this. He'll bite the hand that feeds him and bite it hard. Yes, but I'm saying, and, and now we're seeing even that not only did the did, did the hand that fed him give him all this stuff. It's like even if he was eating from the other hand that he thinks was there. It was going to be feeding him the same shit. I, I know. Yeah. And that is the Uber. It would have been feeding him Uber Eats. And those commercials <laughs> really are fucking good. Oh, man. Yeah. Good for him. I'm glad. I love him. You know, I, I, I do. Look, at first, like when the movies were coming out, it really did annoy me, like how much he was complaining about it. Because I'm like, they're trying to sell a movie, like, right? Like, they're trying to make sure that they can make more movies and then side projects and like keep Star Wars out there. We do not need like one of the fucking center characters and actors of the whole fucking Star Wars universe talking shit about it the whole time. It really seemed like a very stupid thing. Later, like now, it's like, look, man, he's had his career. He's happy where he's at. He gives zero fucks. So there is something likable about that. Yeah, that's you know it's I mean? fine now. Yeah, like I mean, there's been the plenty of people. Annoying. There's there's plenty of people that who that were in Star Wars that that didn't like it. Alec Guinness. Right, right. Constantly, he hated it. That was the stupidest right. childish bullshit he ever heard of. Well, Harrison sure, but Ford he, he's had never... an entire career that was outside of Star Wars. Like Mark Hamill owes his fucking everything to star wars so right like harrison Ford a little bit like come on dude shut the fuck up i i still wish he just had laid back a little bit on that because i think the whole i think the trajectory of the entire star wars sequel trilogy would have been a little bit different if he had just said you know what i'm just gonna eat it they gave me a great role maybe it wasn't what i thought luke skywalker was but it was a great fucking role i performed the shit out of it there was literally buzz that he might get nominated for an oscar for that fucking movie just you know what? Get out no. there and bang the drum for it. Mark Hamill is not for sale. There you go. Mandalorian's coming up soon. Excited? Yeah, of course. This is one where I'm, I'm really not reading any articles, no spoilers, no clicks, I, nothing. I, I don't – I know that maybe Boba Fett will be in this season. Maybe Ahsoka Tano is going to be – in this season or the next season. Uh, that is all I know. 
and I don't even know if that's confirmed or not. I don't want to know. Like no, none of that commercial is on TV. I didn't even watch it on the internet multiple times. I saw it like during the World Series, and that I don't want to see another second of it. I yeah, I have seen the Mandalorian. See I've seen the Mandalorian trailer once, one time. And and the thing is this that like I did see one all of the stuff you said. Like I don't know any spoilers. I saw one thing though that came across my fucking YouTube timeline because so much Star Wars. Yeah, I don't stuff. believe you. Huh? You always you always say that about like Star no, no, Wars no. movies I, or projects, and then it turns out, well, I did read twenty articles. Like you're not like looking for that spoilers and not reading articles and trying to limit yourself would be binging for the average person. Just so you know. <laughs> I understand, and you're absolutely right. However, in this case. I really am not looking for anything Mandalorian. I don't want to know. And there was a thing on my YouTube thing, and it wasn't clickable, Charlie. This was not a video. On, on, on YouTube, uh, the, the mobile app, they now have these like discovery things, right? Where you can literally, like a, a YouTuber can post a picture. And it was just a fucking picture. A screenshot from an episode of The Mandalorian that said, spoiler, and it wasn't, I couldn't, I didn't click on split. It was just there. Yeah. It was, it was one supposed frame from the Mandalorian. It, I don't know if it's actually a spoiler or not. I did not click on the accompanying video. I didn't. I right. just let it go. And I was like, okay, if that happens, that will be really cool. I'm not exactly sure how that will work, but fine. Um, but I just, I, I, it leads me into our next subject of shit following you around online. It's maybe the most horrific movie this season, Charlie. I know what dilemma. you're talking about. The social yeah. dilemma. Yes. You want to talk about horror, Hell House. Yeah. So look, I think we had a side conversation on this, but like, it was one of those movies where you kind of get a sense of what's going to be in the movie and you're like, fuck, I don't want to watch it because it's going to be kind of preaching at me and, and it's going to be right. And like, I, I don't know if I'm ready to hear this right now type of thing, but like at you, at your insistence, I did. And it was like, oh, God damn it. Like the, the people in the movie are like way too credible. What they're talking about is like so spot on. Like you, it, it's nothing but right. It it did lead to me getting rid of Facebook on my phone. And I'm like, all right, like I, I still connect with friends. I'm there to, you know, pictures of people's kids and keep up with old friends, even like family members, right? Like you go mm -hmm. on Facebook and just see the pictures and see what they're up to. And it's a great way to keep up. I, I don't care about anyone's political opinion on Facebook. I'll, I'll talk to people in person on it and have a good conversation and stuff, but just toxic as fuck. And I got rid of it. And honest to God, like just getting rid of it from my phone. Cause like your phone is always in your fucking hand or in your pocket. Uh, the, the whole, you know, click on it and see who's responded or who's done something that dopamine hit. And like, it, it creates like an addictive cycle. But the first thing I noticed, like at the end of the first week is like, just, overall anxiety level like drop dramatically yeah it, like, it, 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 big it, time that whole thing about the the brain chemistry and stuff and people getting depressed and the, like the, all the vanity and stuff like it really does it, it really is a true true thing I, something happened to me 
like right around the same time I saw that movie, it was I, I posted something about this girl that I briefly knew once, but it was very like meaningful that, that you know about. I met her in Arizona and I just hung out with her for a few days, but she was one of those people that it only takes a few days for them to have an impact on your life, right? Right. And, and I found out that I, she was friends with me on Facebook, right? So I could kind of keep up with her, but not really. I and mean, we never really, we just messaged a couple times. And I found out that she, she had passed away. And I, and I had, was like, going to write a song about her, this all stuff. I mean, and I posted about that. And just my, my little, because Facebook also knows when you post about a birthday or someone passing away or someone being sick or anything, they will bump those posts up to other people's timelines that don't normally see your stuff, right? Right. So, so there's that. So way more people are going to see that than would ever see any joke I post or some fucking picture right. of my kid. They're never right. going to see that. They see this. And I'm seeing my little, I still had it on my phone app, all these notifications, and I keep clicking on it. It's just this, this endless list of people, hearts, smile, comments, you know, Bill, I'm sorry, Phil. And I, I didn't even really, I wasn't intending for that to be, you know. Right. But I, I am, now I'm getting this, like, this fake almost thing of sympathy. I mean, I know that the people are sympathetic, that they mean it, but it's all they're doing is clicking a heart. And it was right after that that I saw that movie. And we had talked about it, and I thought, I'm also going to delete it from my phone because of not only of that, also, but just because it's so easy to just be sitting there watching a movie or whatever, and you see that fucking stupid blue F, and it's right. got a red dot on it, and so right. you click on it, and the next thing you know, you've just been scrolling through that shit. And like you said, like it's political, and it's it's just... Yeah, there's, there's, and meanwhile, like life is passing by. Like, yeah, your, your kid, my kids are sitting next to me. Right, they're sitting there looking at this, being social and like feeling like I'm connecting with people. My kids are like waiting for me to talk to them. Yes, yeah, fucking, exactly, exactly. Bro, so I, and even if it wasn't for the kid aspect, it's just I, I, I don't need it. So I still have it. Like when I'm working, like it's, you know, it's an open tab. When I have like a break for a couple of minutes or I'm eating lunch at my desk, you know, so then I'll go through it. The one downside is like, because like they're so good at targeting you at knowing the things that you like and the type of articles that you want to read and stuff, you do miss out like on trivial information, like stuff that comes in handy on a podcast like this right, that is about right. like, pop, you know, stuff. So yeah. I, I don't know. It, look, I, I if I really need to log in or I really need information, I have a computer. I can I can pull up the computer and do it. So I have uh, on one occasion actually literally typed Facebook.com into my phone browser and had to yeah. log and had to log in <laughs> and remember my password so that I because I wanted to post a picture of me and my son from being at Halloween Golfland. And right. it was like a Friday night and it was like, what am I going to save this picture until Monday and then put it up? Cause I don't usually put pictures up. I, I don't, I just make jokes or primarily I just promote this podcast. That's, if you looked at my Facebook timeline, that's mostly what it is. Just telling my friends, Hey, new podcast, Facebook, the pop talk and aliens, Facebook page. I don't even fucking mention it on the show anymore. Yes. There one exists, but the Instagram, our Instagram account at pop talk and aliens, Instagram, you follow, you get like, 
follow celebrities, you follow people you like, and it's just pictures. It's just quick rundown of, of, oh, there's your kids, there's this, there's that, there's a bunch of weird UFO pictures, because you can subscribe to that kind of thing. And then I can get my, my stupid trivial information things a little bit, but right. it's not, it's not addicting, like, yes, there's likes and stuff and, and comments, but it just, it's just so different that I don't find myself, it, it's, it's boring to me to scroll through Instagram for more than Good. two minutes. Perfect. Yeah, I, I have an Instagram account that I, I don't think I've posted anything on for years. So maybe I'll start doing that more, or maybe not. I just, I use it for this podcast to basically like the pop talk and aliens Instagram thing. I'll do show updates and then I'll find whenever there's like that headline that we just saw just we just found out about on this episode about the venus is dead right i will clip that and put that on instagram you know what's so funny about facebook though now that you're saying it like i always I, I assumed for a long time bill like you know you'd post like um links to this podcast like on facebook and it would get like you know 10 to 20 or 30 likes most mm -hmm. maybe one comment yeah. So we were doing this podcast for a long time when I just assumed like there's literally like 10 people listening. I would always you know say I mean? that's not true too. And I know dude. And then like you, you one, and I don't know why it took me so long to finally ask you like, how the fuck did you get like an audible commercial? Like there's 10 people listening to this thing. You're like, no, like each episode, like there's, you know, over a thousand in, in the thousands of listens for most of the, the episodes, depending on the topics and stuff like that. And I was fucking floored by that because by the appearance on Facebook, it's like, you know, 10 people that we know that will comment, look at it. So I just assumed that's, that's the entire audience. Right, right. That, that's a perfect example of how Facebook could skew something that's not even like a, someone's post or a political thing, but just something that it's doing that is making you assume that's somehow connected to real life yeah and that's just, just, just weird it's like it's literally fake news I, yeah it, it's yeah i i know it was like i was shocked because you would think literally nobody like we're doing this for like five people every time we do it i don't know it was re really interesting how that looks on fit and maybe it's because if you purchased ads or something then they would bump it up and then it would be like oh yeah so oh yeah they, if, they probably throttle you back on purpose because you're it's a business link and you're sharing a link there but you're not paying them so you get limited exposure that is but then exactly like you look at the looks on like uh youtube or or uh, from like the audio stuff and it's a ton more yeah yeah because they're just they YouTube, yeah, it doesn't care. And like, I, I have, you know, it, as a marketer, you know, doing that as my day job, you know, part of what we do is advertise on Facebook and we do it for these uh, uh, retail appliance companies and stuff like that, like Whirlpool and shit. And yeah, it's all paid. Their, their posts are all paid. That's why you're seeing them. And if I wanted to, every single time I had a new episode, I told Facebook, all right, I'll give you 20 bucks and here's who I'm going to target and blah, 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 blah. Then I would get, you know, I could buy myself a couple hundred subscribers every time to the page, but then they're never going to see it because literally it's like 7% of people will see an actual page post. 
So the fact that I've never gone out of my way to promote that page means that there's only like a hundred people that like it. And even if a thousand people liked it and I post something, it's like 70 people are going to fucking see it. And right. Right. Four of them are going to click like, you know, and maybe yeah. one, you know, 30 will click like one will comment and that will be like the friend. So that's why like, I, I only promote that show. Even the show only, only on my like my actual personal account rather than you wow. see it with your band with your own band with corner laughers yeah if when when you guys post to like your own pages like you all yeah. share like a review tons of stuff but then if you like if you go to the corner laughers facebook page it's like getting nothing because you didn't fucking R buy right that post right yeah i know it's weird I know so, it's like, is anybody listening? If if you base all of that on Facebook and you're not spending for ads, like, yeah. I probably would have stopped. Nobody's listening. And I would have stopped in tearful defeat. A lot. No, but I, I, you know what? I always think of this, the, those 10 people that, that we know li always like the posts and stuff. And if they the same, are enjoying like, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's like who you're envisioning listening anyways. I, I get that. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, you know some decent amount of people will be listening to this even now as we're into fucking hour 10 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it is getting cold out here, Bill, and, and you're really cutting into my succession um, binge watching. Succession, that show, okay. Succession, Succession. Um, I don't I've never heard of e either pronunciation. Six, succession. It's the HBO show. Like, they won every fucking award this last time. It was like, they beat every buddy that I liked and from shows that I had seen. I'm like, what is it with this fucking show? It's like about a bunch of rich people and the dad wants to keep the company and the kids are trying to take it over, but it's like... Is it Hell House? It's actually really fucking good. See, I'm I wasting my time it. watching. I'm like, I'm going to watch one episode going into it, wanting to hate it, saying that out loud, but it like beat all the actors, you know, that I wanted to win and all the shows that I wanted to win. It beat it. I'm like, or there's got to be something here, but like the premise, I get it. It's like Dallas for now or something, you know, <laughs> like for the modern times or something. This is not what I want to watch. This isn't the type of show I like, but I'm going to fucking watch it because it beat everything. So I got to at least see what it is. And now like, yeah, binge the first two seasons hard. See, I'm too busy watching Four stupid episodes. shit like Hell House to, to see these. I should be watching Hell House. It's fucking Halloween time. Well, believe me, Charlie, after hearing me and the wheezing guy describe it, you do not need to watch El House. No, I'm going to watch been it given, you Limited have been liability. Given. No, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't watch Hell House, but Hell House, there's something about the LLC. It's that, like, that's what does it to people. I swear to God. Any fucking found footage movie called Hell House, I would have skipped over without even considering it. But I'm like... Yeah. Hell House LLC. <laughs> I swear to God, that was the catch. And then I know, 89% really on tomatoes. There you go. Hell House. All right. There you go. And we had an All exclusive. Right. Okay. All right. Happy Halloween, Charlie. Happy Halloween, Bill. I will, uh, I need to catch up on a lot of Halloween movies in a short amount of time. So next time we talk, I'll have plenty to talk about Halloween. All right. Well, hopefully we'll be alive next year. <laughs> you know, if we're going to die, can it not be to the virus? And can it be me looking up and seeing the beam 
from the alien ship right before it hits me. I That's, hope so. I, I want to stare the thing that kills me in the fucking face. Can, can I just ask for that? Yeah. And it, can it be like, oh, finally, there is aliens. We're right. We knew it. Yep. All right. Good. There's yeah. life in the galaxy. Humans may or may not make it, but there is life that is going to be going on. There's you know, something to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for that. We're not doing the greatest job. so I think we all deserve to go that way. <laughs> all right. In a fucking blaze of glory. Yes. A, go, yes. a, a, a fucking planetary blaze of glory. <laughs> right. For the entire human race. Yes. All right. All right, buddy. Do the hot chick. Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear podcast.